0: Welcome back to Headbox Connect, or if this is your first time listening, then a big hello. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Headbox is on a mission to reinvent the global events industry through technology, but we believe that you can't reinvent an industry without bringing the outside in. This podcast will cover everything from technology and challenger brands to disruptive mindsets and entrepreneurship. So whatever industry you're in, we're really hoping that you'll find some inspiration from some of our fantastic guests. This week, our guest is Alex Packham, the founder and CEO of ContentCal. ContentCal is fast becoming the go-to social media and content creation platform for SMEs around the world. So in this episode, we discuss the reality of launching a business at just 23 years old, the really difficult decisions that are often faced by early stage startups and what the future looks like for Content ContentCal. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, um, thank you so much for joining us right. on Headbox Connect. No we've, problems. We've been talking about this for ages. I know. So it takes I'm a like... while to get sorted. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're in
1: the bunker. We're doing it.
0: <laughs> so I'm really happy uh, that you have joined us today. Yeah. So we start every episode of Headbox Connect by asking our guest to tell our listeners mm. one thing that would surprise them about you. <sighs>
1: I looked at this when you said Dover, and I was like, "How the hell am I going to answer this question?" Yeah, without being really boring as well. That uh, would surprise people about me. I can play the drums, which not a lot of people know. Can you? Yeah, yeah. That's but like, so gra- cool. Grade six of the drums. Grade you, you, six. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I haven't done any drumming for a while. Used to be in a band. Did you? Played in front of a thousand people once. Yeah. so where? That, That's my claim to fame. So in Southampton, where I grew up, there's yeah. a club thing called the Joiners, which a lot of bands play like on their early circuits. So like. That's uh, I can't think of any. But a, a lot, a lot loads of like, of yeah, loads. basically loads of really well-known bands, and obviously I wanted to be a famous drummer. Yada, yada, yada. So when we were like sixteen at school, we had a band, and it actually went really well. We did like a proper recording session. We didn't have a recording deal or anything like that, but we we put on a lot of gigs, and the biggest one we ever did was in front of about a thousand people, which was a lot of fun. So,
0: that is yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So from drumming to tech. Drum, <laughs> yeah. Drumming to tech.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. still have a kit? No, I sold it ages ago because you're obviously London. You live in a flat, right? Yeah, so there's no yeah, space yeah. for a drum kit. But uh, it's like on my list to buy later again because it was a great way of like switching off back in the day.
0: And it's quite, it's quite sort of stress relieving as well. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's nothing more like relaxing if you can play the drums and putting your earphones yeah. in and playing along with songs. But yeah, so I, I miss it massively. But that's one thing that not many people know about me. Like quite back in the day, anyway, it was very musical, which. That's, That's kind so of fallen cool. away since the technology's come in. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I think, yeah, for your neighbour's sake, maybe get one of those electric yeah. kits where you can plug Air in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good
1: shout.
0: That is yeah. so cool. Well, so let's talk a little bit then about your tech and, sure. your, and your business. So, um, obviously, you are the founder of Content Cal. Indeed. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the history of the business, yep. um, what sparked the idea, and, and what it is?
1: Yeah. Um, so, Content Cal, I mean, it's had so many evolutions, as you know, obviously, mm. when we worked together before. but... Basically, I I started a career in social media quite young. So when mm-hmm. I was at uni, um, as I would kind of guesstimate, social media marketing was becoming a thing, that businesses were getting their heads around it. Facebook had become a very popular platform at that point in like 2011. Mm. Um, and I was studying business management. So basically, before Content Cal was created, obviously, I... For some reason, it all cogged in my head that social media, like the platforms and um, how they worked and the purchase decisions I was making as a student, i.e. what bars to go to, what restaurants and things like that, mm. were pretty much all influenced by Facebook or something yeah. on Facebook, be it a friend recommendation, be it an ad or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was like a real thing that like, uh, twigged in my mind. Um, so I was like, right, this is going to be a big thing. And then when it went down loads of rabbit holes of like, what is social media marketing? Is it the next big thing? Blah, blah, blah. Reading all these sort of blogs. And it turned out to be something I just got very passionate about, actually. Like the concept of marketing and business and and all that sort of stuff has been in my brain for years. And I always wanted to set up my own company. Yeah. So I wasn't a kid who wanted to be like an astronaut or a Mm. singer. I mean, a musician at one point. But if it wasn't going to be that, it was always going to be setting up my own company one day.
0: That's really cool, to know that from
1: such a young age. Yeah, I was one of those, uh, I look back thinking that that was the norm, but it's not. I mean, knowing what you want to do is not the norm uh, at any age, to be honest Mm. with you, but like, I had a very firm view on business. So anyway, got that in my head and actually started freelancing at uni to kind of do social media management and was sort of learning the pitfalls of what it was like to manage Facebook pages and all that sort of small businesses. Um, Fast forward a few years, graduated. Ended up getting corporate jobs. So did uh, two years at Odeon and ran their social media, and then did two years at Sky within, yeah. within Now TV and ran their social. Um, and the short version of this sort of story is is that when you look at social media and how to create content for a company in general, whether it's Sky or whether it's a small business, the challenges are all the same. Yeah. Where do the ideas come from? Who writes them? How do you design them? How do you keep a schedule up? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I left Sky in two thousand and 15, 14, can't remember exactly, to set up an agency, which obviously we worked with you guys on in the early days, which was good fun. Um, And that was when the whole concept twigged that actually, if you want to build a software product off the back of this, which I kind of did and didn't want to do, it wasn't like there was a grand plan Mm -hmm. to build a tech business, I just knew there was an opportunity to build a good product. Um, There's enough of a market to do it. So obviously we had some clients with ASTP, which are really good. We then built a prototype of Content Cow in 2012, Maybe thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in that yeah, world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a Big, uh, big yeah. blur. somewhere <laughs> in those years. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it must have. I think it must have been about 2014. Yeah, we started working together in 15. Okay, there you go. Then, I yeah. think so. 14 and into 15, 16. And we were using it. We were that using makes sense. the kind of very you early, very, yeah, very early stage. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we built a prototype, sold it to our agency clients. It became popular and it became useful for those clients. We also had a few people that just bought it directly. Mm. Um, off the back of that, I then did an accelerator. So it was actually when I was working with you guys. So every Monday, I would trek down to the accelerator for three months to do that for the afternoon and Wednesdays. And that accelerator was like three months in 2016 in Q1. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, you then pitch for investment. Um, and this was all with Content Cal whilst running an agency. And then basically, because we'd had some traction, we managed to raise about a million quid over the course of that next year yeah. to build Content Cow and turn it into what it is today, basically. Mm. So the business kind of it, it, no, there's no like one straight story. But we started as an agency, and the, the narrative we have in house is like we built a product to scratch our own itch. Yeah, managing clients and all the rest of it with their content, and then it sort of morphed into what is now a fully fledged SaaS business. Mm. Um, and luckily, along the way, I mean, we've had huge amounts of help and advice. But there is a real, genuine market need for what we've created. Yeah, and that's how it scaled really. Mm. So we kind of learned that actually some of the niche stuff that we had problems with that we solved with the product, and some of our clients had problems with. Are universal globally mm. um, and kind of like that's a bit of a waffly version but where we're yeah. at now is the, the the software's in 140 countries nearly a thousand customers globally which so cool growing quick yeah exactly and we we're just talking offline but like we've kind of mastered our marketing and acquisition yeah. model I said, mastered, we're getting there, but we've learned it. <laughs> we've done it, We've <laughs> never right? mastered it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very scalable now, so yeah. it's super exciting, yeah.
0: I think it's absolutely amazing to think, you know, back in 2015, and we were talking, weren't we, just a little bit before we mm. started recording about the size of the team and the yeah. fact that you had these agency clients that mm-hmm. you could almost, you know, pilot your proof absolutely. of concept, you know, and, and get that feedback, and I remember... You know, particularly for a headbox at the size we were then, because yeah. we were like six people yeah. then. Yeah, I remember. We couldn't afford, you know, like the enterprise yep. um, sort but of market leader. Yeah, yeah content yeah, scheduling platforms. Yeah. We couldn't afford to pay their fee every definitely. month. Yeah,
1: yeah, And I think
0: that was what was so interesting about working with you guys and kind of giving you our feedback on those early product on that yeah. early product. Oh, was, definitely. Right.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, it's so cool. All contributed. I mean, the thing is. People, it's hard to obviously articulate unless you're in the world of it. But like getting early feedback on product development and actually creating a software product which is useful. Number one, it's it's all an uphill battle, and it's mm. incredibly hard to do. But if people don't give you the chance to use it and actually provide feedback, like you guys did and others, yeah. we wouldn't be where we are today. So like it's all down to customers and feedback and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's all a journey, right? I mean, there's no one of the interesting things is when people kind of when you engage with different people along the way, people think that where you are today. They never really understand how much work is going take. Yeah, to you yeah, know yeah. the headbox, so it's all the same. But yeah, it is a very exciting time.
0: And how many people in the team are you now?
1: So we're 24. That's so we've cool. got yeah. So we've got 19 people in the UK. So it's still quite small actually. Mm. And then uh, we've got four, four or five people who do technology in Poland. Um, and we're just working out how we scale that up, basically, uh, yeah. and what kind of pace we need to go with the next sort of round of funding and stuff like that. Right, well, it's super exciting. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, that was a great
1: Recap of, of
0: sort of how, you, how you've got here. Mm. What I wanted, because I think, and we're going to come on to this a little bit mm-hmm. later on, because obviously you were quite young when you set up your business at yeah. so 23. Yeah. Was it? yeah.
1: Not young anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I,
1: honestly, I, I had so many meetings when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, you're so young. And now they're like, ah, oh, you're just kind of yeah. like part of the old gang. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and so I wondered, and and like, this isn't, I think, you know, you were always very, very sensible, head screwed on when we met, you know, many yeah. years ago. But yeah. I, I was really excited to ask you this question because yeah. I wondered whether or not there was anything that you look back on now yeah. when you were getting astp and content cal off the ground that you yeah. think oh why did we do that Or well, that yeah. was a bit weird or god, yeah, like loads. what was the most bonkers thing you did <sighs>
1: or
0: there's many bonkers. we've got yeah. time <laughs> there's lo-
1: oh god there's loads so like yeah jesus most bonkers things we've done i mean we moved office something like six times which i mean they'll say that's bonkers but it was so not needed and no, mm. i look back at it and like that was one big thing. But basically, when you're young, so when you're young building a business, part of it is just the huge excitement of it and the fact that you do need to be very headstrong to do it. So I, I was and am as I kind of go through it. But like sure. at the same time, if, it, if it's what you wanted to do when you were younger, you're just having the time of your life. And yeah. obviously, when you're creating a business, so I'm not from a background that had huge amounts of money. I mean, we we're very comfortable like, growing up. But like suddenly, you start seeing serious money dropped in your bank account, mm. be it through investment or clients and obviously not just going around spending it but like
0: <laughs> it's say, what you this can you use... no, I thing you did <laughs> no but it's just the
1: concept of like oh no, shit now we can like put a 5 grand office office deposit down and actually pay rent and yeah. like, we weren't doing that at the start or like uh we can hire someone I've, i you know i've hired people in corporate world before but you like you're hiring them because you can see like the fruits of your labor and yeah. you actually have clients coming in and, and stuff and for your like that. business and that's for your so different baby. It's yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so mental yeah and when you're 23 so i started at 23 and like you're just you're living your dream, basically, as sad, like as sad as it sounds. So we moved offices too many times. Um, the downsides of things we kind of did wrong in the early stages. Was you kind you kind of get ahead of yourself because of your lack of experience. So mm. the benefit of starting young is that you're fearless. You're just in it, and you're still I'm still like that now. But like you're off, and nothing's going to get in your way. You have to listen to people who are more experienced around you a lot, and you can get good and bad advice, and sometimes advice is just wrong as well, and even if it's from a good place. Mm. So we made a huge amount of mistakes, but like it can become a bit too, um, what do I call it, um, like startup feely, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like you're just in this, like, oh, we're now in a tech startup, or we're now an agency, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, without really getting your head around like the business metrics and the real serious side of it. Yeah. You're not taking your eye off it, but the, the, the kind of like the weighting of your view on things is potentially not quite always right. So the things I love the most when we were like in our early stages, is like building a team, having a great time doing it, looking at the challenges in a way like, you know, we can overcome this no matter Mm. what happens, et cetera, et cetera. And just being all over it at all times, basically. And also worked from like, you know, 6am to midnight every day. You know what it's like. Um, And then as you go through your journey and you actually get more sophisticated in terms of like your own learnings, what the business needs are, what your own shortcomings are, mm. like you, you get again as you get slightly older and you learn from people like you know you can't do it all. Yeah, and that's another big thing. So the changes dramatically. Like, but the bonkers stuff we've done. I mean, we used to go out to like the pub as soon as we won a pitch, basically. <laughs> like, it was just, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, for example. But it would happen on a regular basis. Yeah. In the other days, like in ASTP as a client, we would win. I think one month we won like five clients mm. in one month. So it was a huge month. But literally, it could be like. 11.30, you've done your pitch and you've, you've won it. And I'd be like, right, this is the we're done. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that, we don't do so much anymore because we know we want to get our head down and, like, deliver numbers and all the rest of it. But like, Well, and
0: obviously the agency side isn't, yeah. Yeah, it
1: doesn't work like that anymore, yeah. But um it's just, I mean, for any budding entrepreneurs, if they have thoughts about doing stuff when they're young, there are pros and cons to doing it when you're younger versus if I was to do it now, for example. But you will just have a really enjoyable experience if you do it young and you will learn so much at a young mm. age. Like, one of the biggest compliments I quite often get is that I know so much for someone my age mm. um, and it just helps a lot when it comes to making decisions when you get, you know, further on in your career, basically. So, yeah. I mean, I put a blog on your um Yeah, your you blog, did. Right, you your this, yeah, your corner. Which is really, it's worth it. I mean, it, like I said, it, the challenges are just mental, but you, you just constantly live and learn, right? And When you're in a startup, no matter what role you're in, whether you're running it or whether you're in it or whether you're... Early stage, whether mm. you join later, it's all a roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, it definitely is, it definitely, definitely is. Mm. Um, I think that's a theme that comes comes out in these podcasts all the time. When I ask really? that question, you just every whether it's a founder or a business yeah. leader or a co-founder or whatever, everyone's yeah. like, well, there was this one time where, yeah. and I think it's like a, I think it takes a certain type of person to a start a business or b get stuck in from oh. those. Yeah, you know, because I speak to some of my friends sometimes and they just think, What are you doing? What
1: are you on yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: and that would have been tenfold for you because obviously your, your friends can't have been doing anything. I like thought,
1: thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, some, some were really supportive and some were like, You are absolutely mental, yeah. but, but still fair play kind of thing. <laughs> like, one of the funny things actually was so, I, I remember this. So, when we were raising money for Content Co in the earliest stages of the business, like one of our big investors. So we'd had a bunch of like, new, what you call yeah. normal angel size investments. So around the 25K mark upwards. And we'd had a couple of big ones. But there was this one angel investor who's been really critical to our growth. And it was our first 100,000 pound investment. And uh, so it was a big amount of money. And I was in Barcelona with all my mates on holiday. Like, because it was this time of the year, actually. I mean, it was years ago. And we were really close to like raising this money. And this guy was a big part of that funding round. And I remember being pretty pissed to be <laughs> on like a Barcelona rooftop somewhere thinking this deal might land at any stage because yeah. I've been working on it I mean, you know it's like on holiday you do a bit of here and there and uh, I got an email confirmation saying it was all going to go through because I'd done so much work leading up to it and I just remember being like, like I went away to like answer a phone call about it, and then came running back to my, all my mates and just had like a massive party. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. they get it. They kind of like they get all the emotions that are attached to it, and the importance, but they also equally think I wouldn't do that. I would. Yeah, not Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I know that very well. Yeah. The the sort of holiday hustle where you have yep. to be. Yeah, That's was a good shout, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what? in those early stages, when mm. you kind of made that decision, you you kind of saw the opportunity for the SaaS product, which is Content Cal now. Yeah. Um, and like we'd already discussed, you'd been, you know, you had your prototype, yeah. you were developing that, iterating it based on the feedback that you were getting from your clients. Uh-huh. What? How did you make that jump to say, right, ASTP, the agency, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna stop with that, and we're gonna put all of our efforts into, into the SaaS product.
1: Yeah. So that, that was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life, actually. And looking back, it happened over a period of time. Mm. So ASTP, I had a general plan, honestly, to build an agency and then flog it. I thought, you know. That would be a great way to build a business and yeah. go from there. And actually, looking back on it, it, was an amazing way to learn business. Over a period of time, when I realised Content Cow had gone past the phase of being a potential opportunity to being like this has got the, real yeah, legs yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Um, was about to. It was after the accelerator, so it was probably like late two thousand and sixteen, early two thousand and seventeen. Mm. Probably more like two thousand sixteen. And we had a technology team. We had someone who. Um, Joined to basically run and gear like the sales process, yeah. who really is part of the founding team of Content Cow, who's an amazing person, he's called Andy, and uh, we had Lawrence join at the sort mm. of similar time. So these kind of key cogs for a software business had joined the companies because they were still running, and a few months after that, you could effectively see the numbers going up and up and up and up. We're mm. I mean, not huge, but they were going up. Um, and investors who were interested in investing you know, large sums of money like I've just talked about. Yeah. So those cogs started to turn. The other thing that we had challenges with the agency model was, as everyone does, I mean, a service-based model is that you, you win a client, you then have to service it, then you need to find another one, then you need to service mm. it. So the costs go up as you win more more clients. So it was a never model, basically you could see the model was never going to scale. I mean, I had one or two real moments of like, do I actually do a software business? You know, am I really going to make this decision? Because what what comes with a software company is pro- arguably more risk mm. because you have to raise money.
0: Yeah, you and know. you need
1: serious cash to you, do it. Yeah, You know what this is like. Yeah. I mean, you need millions and mm. millions of pounds to create a successful SaaS business. Yeah. Um, whereas with an agency, I mean, we were profitable. So mm. we were running off our own money, to be honest with you. We had a small bit of investment, but we were, we were really, you know, in a good place. So I had a really big think about it, and it was over, like, it was just somewhere whenever the uh, bloody um, Black Brexit re- re- vote went through, or whatever mm. it was, and so there was all that emotion going on in the kind of economy. And I was like, do you know what, you only live once, these cogs are in place and they seem to be working, let's make the decision to do this. And it was tough, because we had to let go, uh, you know, let people mm. go who were kind of in a creative role that we didn't want to maintain. We kept people who were in a sort of more sales function that could manage clients, yeah. so that kind of all merged together. And basically, like, um, effectively what I can now look back on and know is that I had two entities that were two, you know, they're quite different businesses. Yeah, they They, they, are. they were doing a similar thing, yeah. they were quite different, and we bought them together. So we actually did merge the companies as part of one of the funding rounds. And then there was about six months of working out how we went about, you know, moving people on and all the rest of it. And really tough, basically, is the kind of long and short of that. Um, we we took the risk that we we believe that the software was had had the ability to grow and be a significant business rightly now but we mm-hmm. didn't know that for sure so we took a big decision on that um, and then it took about a year to be honest with you after making all those decisions and making those moves for that whole thing to kind of come out in the wash long story short which it, which yeah. it now has and I'm very thankful we did it because the company's in a great place we have customers who absolutely love it mm. um, and it's growing very very organically um, and we have raised money and we've got lots of interest for our next round etc etc so it was a really big decision when I look mm. back, but if I go back to what you asked earlier about being young, I was just like, if we're going to do it, it's an uphill be, battle. Yeah. I didn't really consider any of that stuff. I was mm. like, this is the right thing to do. I'll deal with it as I go. Now I can look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was a huge decision. Yeah, it was. And it impacted people and it you know impacted me and all the rest of it. But I am really pleased we did it because yeah. ultimately it was definitely the right thing to do.
0: I think also just listening to you talk about that, it comes down to focus as well, right? Because, oh yeah, and I remember being, you know, because we worked together for what was like 2015, 2016, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So quite a long time. And then, and I remember, you know, in the sort of later phases of 2016, that real intensity with the product coming in, you know, you, we had the product updates, yeah. releases coming in thick and fast as yeah. being one of the clients that yeah, was actually using the product. Yeah and and i think that it like just listening to you talk then it really comes down to what where you want to deploy your focus and yeah. we talk a lot about this at headbox because yeah. you know we have kind of three key customers we've got a variety of products across yep. those customers yeah. um but we're really locked on lasered. to each yeah, yeah laser to each of that and the, you know the team is built to reflect that and yeah. and i think that actually when you are looking at what well, if you were in that situation where you were trying to grow the agency try to do the South. Yeah. they're two completely different models it would have fallen over yeah yeah. yeah
1: yeah what you've just said is literally just just nailed it on the head i mean so the downside of being an entrepreneur in general and the downside of being young while you're doing it is that you've got all the people that you like look up to like the elon musks of the world or whoever they may be and they seem to be able to do it all like elon musk runs like four businesses um. and all the rest of it so you're like why couldn't i do that to a certain extent and by nature, entrepreneurs are attracted to, like, new things. We're quite innovative as characters. Yeah. We want to build stuff from scratch and then see it come to life. So you, if someone has an idea that you think is a great one, you might go, well, oh, do you know what, we need to do that now, then we need to do that. So you, the whole focus thing is something I've had to learn. Mm. And there's a big difference. I put it in your blog, actually, but there's a huge difference between being the entrepreneurial character voice, like, engine when you need to and then being the business operator character, yeah. which is, like, actually these two things really matter yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the other crap does not actually yeah. matter and we must laser focus on them. Yeah, I've had to learn that the hard way. Mm. But you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. I
0: yeah. think it's also about that, like, you know, it's so hard, you know, to say we're really focused on X, Y, Z because actually when you are gaining customers and gaining that feedback and we've just talked about how important that is you yeah. are being pulled in a million directions yeah. you know one client wants yeah. this feature or one yeah. client wants you know wants this the and daily grind yeah, yeah exactly like and like you know maybe someone on your team has suggested this and actually mm-hmm. you're looking at this kind of roadmap where you're thinking actually all of this is really valuable yeah how do we
1: do it all yeah, yeah. i mean are you when, you yeah you can't thing. exactly
0: yeah. when i look at you know we've got a fantastic product and tech team at headbox but yeah. when i look at when we look at our short term mid term long term plan yeah we're the worst especially the leadership leadership team yeah. uh, of saying actually we want all of it like, yeah, we want all of yeah, the long term stuff now basically there is no short
1: mid-long <laughs> we did it all yesterday yeah, yeah I know I know exactly it's uh what I will my head around my way I've got my head around that recently we have the same thing is that if I was to do a business again I mean you don't get this opportunity necessarily but like having basically having people that have gone through that process already and then bringing clarity to people that haven't is so important. Mm. I was saying this to you obviously again just before online but like, we brought this um, managing director in basically who's basically scaled SaaS businesses before. Yeah. He's been here for three weeks and I have learned so much already and also like the view he's brought on what actually is achievable within resources and is not and achievable and just saying it is what it is guys. But
0: that's so valuable. You can valuable. go faster but you know yeah. what
1: you need 50 other people. Yeah. And uh, it is, yeah. I know exactly what it's like. The challenges of the short, mid, long, and wanting <laughs> it all. And like, yeah, you just have to be realistic. Our de-
0: yeah, our developers uh. hate those meetings. <laughs> hate them. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit more about the product then. Yep. So what, what makes it different? Mm. You know, for our listeners, what is the kind of USP of Contact- Content Cal?
1: Yeah, it's evolved. I mean, a big thing for us is the user experience. So when you look at most marketing software products, so not just social media, but a- any marketing software product, A lot of the really successful ones have been around for about 10 years. Mm. And what happens with that is that they are, they've built products basically on uh, practices by marketers and like the way people work, which was created, let's say, 10 years ago as a bit of a ballpark between now and then. Um, And marketers are actually, um, marketers and content creators or whatever it may be. They actually only work in a few simple, very simple ways, and uh, a lot of the work is done in spreadsheets, basically, before it goes on to any product. You know yeah. exactly what this is like.
0: The so Google Sheets coming out of your ears. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, no matter whether it's whatever. So we originally built Content Cow as a really slick social media management platform with a calendar-focused user experience, because most social media management platforms operate in like a list, of uh, just their UX is like a vertical list.
0: Which was amazing, like because I remember yeah. you saying to me then, do you do all of your social posts in Excel? Yeah. And me being
1: like, is there another way? Yeah, like yeah. what other I was like, way exists? I've like, like, I've made it. Yeah, yeah. I've made it. because yeah, I did it I mean, I've done the jobs, right? Yeah. I know exactly yeah, yeah. I've created content. Yeah. I ran social media for channels, etc I know the challenges and they are huge. Social media is an interesting one, but content creation in general is an interesting one because no one realizes what it takes to publish, let's say, an ebook. Like an ebook, oh, for example, can take Months, it has like so many different people attached to it. There's approvals, there's spelling, blah, blah, blah. And an ebook is just one example of like lots of different content formats. So basically, the first thing was create an amazing user experience, Mm. both visually, but also through customer service, through lots of other ways. So that was a big differentiator. What we found actually, interestingly, over the last 18 months in particular, is that a lot of platforms, particularly in the social media space, whether they're copying us, whether there's just a market shift, they are catching up with that side of like what we've created. So they've yeah. built and improved their user experiences. So you have to obviously constantly iterate, as you know, with any software product. So like the big thing that we've found now is that when you really dig into the problem around content marketing in general, so we've kind of come away from just social, is that there is enormous amounts of problems in the creation process mm. and effectively waste. Yeah. So you might create a social post, use it once, but that might have taken someone two hours to do that mm. social post by the time they've actually faffed around with everything. So we've come up with this formula called COPE, which is create one place, create once, place everywhere. Mm. And what we are building the platform or gearing it towards is that no matter where the content actually needs to end up, so there could be various formats. So in the creation process, when you're building that content for your brand, it might end up on a Facebook page, it might end up on a billboard, it might end up in a display ad, it might end up on your website. Wherever it needs to go, um, we've created a system whereby it can be created in the platform it can go through really good approval processes. Mm. We're going to be working on an engine which actually basically helps you get smarter about what you create as well, so where the calls to action needs to be and all that sort of stuff. Yeah,
0: optimization. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So you can create it under one roof. You can have all your stakeholders um, review it in the right way. So if you want a senior member of the team to view it but not edit it, <clears throat> it has that kind of yeah. a capability. If you want anyone to be able to edit it, etc., has that capability. So it's like a content hub. Um, and then once it's ready to go, it can basically be sent anywhere, and as long Mm -hmm. as it's gone through approval processes. And then effectively, um, we've integrated or are integrating with as many analytics platforms as possible, so wherever it does end up going, you can then start to report how effective it is, be it on a website, be it on a billboard, be it on wherever it needs to be. And that reporting'
0: in it's going to app.
1: be integrated in, that's yeah, so exactly. Cool. yeah I mean that that's that that bit hasn't quite been done, but that's the vision. yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, got of course. a lot of sources already, but it's got plugging it in and creating the interfaces. yeah, and and effectively, I mean the, the, there's like a massive stat. so like there's four hundred billion dollars worth of content marketing that that happens, and something like eighty percent of it is wasted, mm. which is fine, because you know we're in a world where we all live on feeds and we all yeah. like live at a million miles an hour, so not a lot is actually seen or like viewed but if you think about that when you come to actually creating content as a business no one can uh, no one can create enough long story short for it to be to know whether no. it's going to be seen or not i mean you can create huge amounts of volume so this whole concept of cope create once place everywhere is about creating the best stuff you can from the data and analytics that you've got getting it um, brand approved or brand ready, and then getting it everywhere in the quickest way possible, basically yeah. so efficiencies are massive um, and then working out what works for your business is massive mm. and that's a differentiator for us, so no business is kind of doing that and saying actually we're indifferent whether it goes to an email or whether it goes to Facebook or whether it goes wherever We'll make recommendations for you on what the content should look like, mm. but whether it goes to social whether it goes to whatever channel, this is the house for it, this is where it lives, and then recycling that for the top performing.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's amazing. It's such an incredible idea. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about my team probably Mm -hmm. in the office now slaving away, at you know, blog posts, social posts, all that jazz. But I think it also goes back to this idea about recycling and kind of evergreen content. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we've been focusing loads on at Headbox is that what is the benefit of posting, you know, hundreds of posts a week when actually, you know, you've got, Ten or so that you you know that you posted over Ooh, a period of time that really it. work yeah, and that people yeah. engage with yeah. and
1: but you, you know, also caveat to that is like oh if we stop posting how do we know which one is the right one
0: I know yeah it's a challenge yeah, yeah it is, yeah, it is. Yeah. and yeah. It also that that's really interesting about you know posting everywhere and and actually that those connections with the different platforms because actually sometimes it works better on LinkedIn let's yeah. say or it works better on Facebook or whatever yeah. and yeah. and it's a nightmare to have to like go back through <laughs> all go the analytics, on, yeah, yeah all the analytics yeah. and
1: so, so you mean, I'm glad you said that because that that is effectively what we're trying to solve. Mm. So it's perfect. Um, and then the other thing that we're differentiating by is making it cheap, basically. Yeah. So we, well, the luck the luck that we've got with the way we build our software is it's actually all quite lightweight. So we want to make our software as cheap as possible, mm. so and, and therefore it's accessible to as many people as possible. So the interesting thing that's happened since we've worked with you and over the last few years is that the requirements for like small businesses in particular around marketing have actually got bigger. Like, you need to be able to market the same way um, Headbox markets as as a huge. Oh,
0: absolutely. Because you can't. You, otherwise, I have how, anything more so? More, you know, I mean, more exactly. Because when you're in those early stages, you've got to you punch know, above your weight. You've got to punch above your weight. You know, yeah. you've got, and, and unfortunately, even though as you know, to to marketing professionals, we know. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it, the, the amount of followers or whatever, you yeah. all the likes, that, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. isn't necessarily, you know, quality. Nope. But actually, as a brand indicator, yep. it's really important. It, it, it's, yeah, exactly. And, and, we get and asked
1: that question all the time. Yeah. You just buy us 100,000 likes so it looks like we've got a huge reputation? But then like, what's
0: the point? Exactly. Yeah.
1: But then and there is a point on the reputation. But you're like, well, yeah, we don't really want to do that because yeah.
0: it's not right. Yeah. No, no, totally. And I just think that at, for smaller businesses and for startups and you know for people i think in small marketing teams that mm. wear many hats yep. that point actually you want to be creating Sky's level of content or audiences level of content yeah, or whatever you yeah, yeah, yeah. um, have to basically you have to yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's where we always got priced out that always when we in the early days of headbox yeah. is yeah. that with the as we were saying earlier on you know yeah. with the with the bigger companies we couldn't afford, afford their enterprise yeah. packages i
1: mean that's the thing so we we have Trying to make software which is basically really good for SMEs, and SMEs was our target. So we're not really trying to target big businesses. We get them, but you know, they they come in and sign up for a free trial, yeah, and sometimes convert. But like our big focus is how do we build something which no one can copy for SMEs that is outstandingly useful and so good that they don't want to leave. Basically, I mean that's the model really, and we want we got to make sure that we kind of build on top of the product for that to keep happening yeah. otherwise someone else can kind of copy us So, which
0: is a huge market it's huge there's millions of SMEs I just like I mean UK. it
1: did the model well, it's just the UK so globally I think the size of the SME market or like if you had everything yeah. it's like 600 million no 600 billion dollars that's crazy. how big yeah. our total addressable market yeah. is um, obviously you can't reach it all but like it's just huge mm. it's just huge and you know what the startup world's like every year there's a new startup for something in some niche and if mm. not there's more than one so like The growth that we're seeing quite often is businesses that have never had a marketing product at all before, so they're still using spreadsheets, so we're their first thing they've ever used, Um, or it's a brand new business, which is like, I need something to kind of get Mm. this engine off the ground. So, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, the challenges for marketers, unfortunately, I think will ever just get more and more complex because you've got new channels, all the rest of it. Now you can advertise on podcasts, like, is that something
0: you want to do? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah, it's just an influx of channels all the time, I think. yeah but i guess but i guess by centralizing this kind of content or the content creation is is actually solving a problem across yes. all of the channels exactly
1: i mean that that is the whole idea so if you're going to create content for your business a lot of people think about it like channel first but what you actually need to think about is what's our messaging what are we going to create how's it going to look you can then define where, where it goes it's going to go. and there's a hub for it basically and that's yeah. what we're trying to do so everyone has a visibility of what they need to see
0: yeah yeah. that's really funny my team will be listening to this and probably thinking because we talk <laughs> about it yeah no we talk uh, about well I know that but uh, we also talk about our kind of tree trunk yeah. bits of you know like our pillar bits yeah, of content yeah 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 so they're, they're going to be sitting there thinking <laughs> yeah, we know what that is <laughs> we'll do
1: a content planning session one day uh, yeah
0: uh, yeah um, okay so we've kind of talked a little bit about this about you know you being an entrepreneur a young mm. entrepreneur mm-hmm. like what you learned what the challenges were yep. but if you had to say like what your biggest learning mm. has been mm-hmm. from setting up content how? what do you think it is
1: um the biggest le- biggest uphill learning i've personally had is uh working so it's hard to explain this finance is a massive thing that i've had mm. to learn basically so that i mean that's a bit of a boring one and potentially an obvious one I mean, it depends on your background right yeah, but, but like
0: i think that's really interesting because actually hardly anyone says that when i ask that question i just think if you've never set up
1: your own business before honestly like the learning curve on finance i mean there's a few others but like that one is enormous yeah. so yeah not just like how to invoice and how to chase and how that, all that stuff works. Because there is, if you don't work in this industry, like that part of the world, there is a process for sending an invoice and making sure it gets paid on time. Mm. Whereas when you first start, and if you've never done it before, it's a bit awkward chasing invoices and stuff like that. Whereas actually, there's lots of ways to systemize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make sure that you almost always get paid on time. Like our cash collections are outrageously good, for example, now. But I've had to learn that. Mm. The other thing is around finance is raising money. So back in the day, or in the early stages of raising money, you're pitching for money based on an idea plus yourself. Yeah. And that never really goes away, to be honest with you. I mean, most people do invest in predominantly, like, the, the entrepreneur, the founder, plus the idea. And then as you get bigger, it's all of that stuff plus the traction. Mm. But doing a uh, funding round deal is something, like, it's just it's just every different one is a learning curve. And, like, the intricacies of doing it properly and doing yeah. it really well are really complex. Yeah. So, like... I've learned that through just doing it basically Um, but again there is a system and a process and a way to do it really well and I think that's something that you know going back into what you've asked like what is the biggest learning what I've learned is as being an entrepreneur and if you're going to go through to being CEO and kind of run the company you've got to be a generalist but you've got to be really good at everything mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can do it yeah, yeah yeah you can do a lot of things like oh i can just about do that and i can get it done and all the rest of it but then there's a real big difference between getting it done and doing it really mm. really well and i've learned that the really hard way to be honest with you because i'm very much going home like yeah of course we can do that let's get on with it blah 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 but then taking a step back finance or whatever it may be can i do it yes can i do it really well there's a yes or no mm. answer do i need to learn before we do it yeah. you've got to get better at that um the other big learning I've had, to be honest with you, is like uh, being a really good leader and being a really good communicator, mm. both when you have to deliver good and bad news yeah. around those sorts of things. Yeah. So like being able to have robust conversations and doing averted comments, because you have to, you know, I just think those comments are hilarious, like things like that, but you have to learn how to have those yeah. things. You've got to be able to say, well done when the time is right and actually really congratulate. But also make sure there's enough carrot dangle that, you know, we've still got to deliver this, by the mm. way. But also be able to go in and say, do you know what, last week was a bit crap mm. uh, and we've got to pick it up. And, and we've got this to get is on why with it. and here's
0: the feedback, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got
1: to get comfortable with being, not all the bad guy, but you've got to get comfortable with being like the the deliverer of bad news mm. sometimes. That is a huge learning curve and there's an art to that as well.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure
1: so yeah it's amazing to be honest with you. so you look at people who've got all this experience under their belt who might be like 20 years on in your career but like as you're building it you can start to learn all that stuff as you go so those are the big learning curves really like really good leadership management and um, yeah, learning finance I guess in a way but there's a million things to come I'm, you know the, the most frustrating thing about running your own business of being an entrepreneur is you get what you think is good at something and then someone tells you like five things that you just know nothing about about a different subject or whatever it may be and you're just like This is just never ending basically, which is fine. I mean, it's part of life, right?
0: And also I think as well, like when you take a business from its inception up to, you know, growing it to be a 20, 30, 40 million pound business plus, you reach these stages and I feel like, you know you might get really good at being the small startup you mm. know you get that buzz yeah, you know yeah. that's really fun and then yeah. all of a sudden you get the investment and then you're in scale and up and then you're in growth yeah. and then you're it's, you know and then yeah. all of a
1: sudden it's just it's just it's different you talk about time. it as
0: in like going up the stairs and along the corridor then up the stairs and that's along a the good way of looking again at it actually
1: yeah
0: and with every with every round, new corridor with a plan
1: <laughs> that is a really good way of looking comes at it comes yeah. new
0: things Challenges. that you have to figure
1: out well getting people comfortable with that as well so it's not just yourself then it's the team that have been there I mean you've been at Headbox basically since the start I mean, yeah. pretty much since the start so you've had to learn that stuff and like so, it's not just about how you, as in me, learn about it. It's then about, like, how do you make sure everyone else gets comfortable with the yeah. changes that are going to happen? Yeah, that's a really good analogy, though, going, like, <laughs> I'm going to steal that. <laughs> that's actually, yeah. I can't
0: take credit for it. That was Andrew. Andrew uh, we well, well, actually, I think I me and Andrew can take joint credit yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. That was I'd, from one of ours. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, I think, as well, that point about communicating it to the team, because yeah. actually, it can be so hectic yeah you know when you're building a business yeah. and this is something that as my team have, has grown mm-hmm. just in the marketing function and headbox you know i Something that I've personally learned a lot, you know, over the last few years has Mm. been around how you deliver, how you get that balance between this is really exciting, this new level that we're unlocking is really, really exciting. However, it's also going to come with XYZ challenges, challenges. you know, we're going to have to step it up a bit and all of that stuff, but also making sure that that doesn't just sit in your head, that you're getting the team fizzed up about it. That is hard
1: to do, yeah. yeah. I mean, you did all this at a very young age as well, like Mm. learning how to do that. And actually not having, like, the word you've just said, like, having it all up in your mind and sharing it and actually feeling comfortable with sharing stuff that might make other people feel a little bit uncomfortable
0: yeah.
1: is okay. Because
0: everyone has their threshold with the unknown, yeah. right? Everyone, yeah. everyone Oh,
1: my God, I'm going to freak <laughs> this person out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's tough, though. You're all right, But, like, yeah, it's exactly that. And actually, you we, we realise, one of the things I've sort of realised is, is there's no really such thing as over-communication. Yeah. You can, you can say something over and over again and actually... The more transparent you are, as tr- transparent as you can be, or like the perspective you can give on things, no one's going to say to you, and they will tell you, but very rarely they're going to say, "I've already heard this. Will you just shut up?" Yeah, them, right? yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I think they're really interesting points. Mm.
0: So, content, Cal. Five years time. Where do you th- where do you see it? Uh, Apart so, from world domination, yeah, I was say, yeah the obvious exactly. Yeah, to world question.
1: domination. I mean, you know, attached to our plan, basically we believe we can absolutely be the number one tool for SMEs to plan and deliver content marketing. And I think we've got a really solid grip on what people need um, and and a really solid plan to basically build a business off the back of it. So um, we're going to raise a series A round imminently uh, and that because of our model, as we're sort of Mm. talking offline, we know how to spend our marketing money and our sales money and all the rest of it effectively to grow to a certain level. It's not complete science, but it's not a million miles away from it. So, we know we can grow the company um I think uh, uh, you yeah, know I think the interesting thing about content Cal is it will be a, and it already is, but it will be a really loved product, and this is what I really wanted it to be like a really loved to use product yeah. that people actually like logging into and, and can't that, live without like, and can't yeah, live without yeah. yeah, so you don't what you don't want to do is build something I mean you might want to, but what I don't want to do is build something that people log into and use because they feel like they have to. Mm. You want to build a product that people will log in, log in and use because they absolutely love it. It actually makes their life easy. And I, I was at a conference the other day and someone asked about automation and I was like in, in, in social media and I was like social media and automation um, and the concept of automation is not a bad thing. If you go in every day to work and it reduces your workload or the boring bits of your mm. workload to do more stuff, yeah, but no one is going to suddenly say like, oh, now we've got content, cow, We don't need two or three content creators yeah. that you need these people to do the work so I was kind of explaining that and um, for me it's about having a real successful business so it's you know financially very stable and very strong absolute market leader L- people love to use yeah. it and uh, still growing massively mm. and that's where we want it to be really and the market's big so all the kind of stars have aligned yeah. for that to happen we have to deliver the plan obviously and all the rest of it and that's where we want it to be and be ahead of the market. I mean, the yeah. wor- my my worst nightmare is basically building a product and build, having a plan to build stuff and being behind. Mm. And you know what this is yeah. like as well. <laughs> and sometimes you, you have days where you're like, oh, my God, can we actually
0: yeah, do this? Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. But
1: that's where we want it to be in five years. Yeah. I think
0: it's really inspiring to hear you say about making, you know, real emphasis on that point about, Building something that your customers love, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Because at Headbox, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. We talk about how obsessed we are with our customers, and actually, yeah. one of the um, the product team's kind of objectives is to build technology that turns our customers into superheroes. Yep. And actually, I, I think that. you yeah. don't hear tech companies talk about that nearly, very rarely, nearly, you know, anywhere near as much because actually,
1: most businesses,
0: yeah, most but,
1: businesses don't talk about that. You yeah. know,
0: and I think this is a really interesting conversation. Obviously, as I as I head up the marketing team at Headbox, mm. but I'm thinking about my guys now and and just how useful something like that would be. Yep. And when you think about creatives and the the content creators. Process, yeah, yeah. But they are, you know, really imaginative, creative. Yep. They want to write. They yep. want to design. They want to you know do videos, they whatever be it is. They want to build things. Yeah. yeah they yeah. don't want to be bogged down in Google Sheets or wherever else exactly. it is and, you know, having to wait for emails and Google Sheet comments Stuff to get to their be approved. Iteration. Yeah. You got it. That, that you know, thinking about the, the four or five that I have on my team, that stresses them out for yeah. one reason. Yeah. You know, that's the, the bit they hate m- the most exactly. about their job. You exactly.
1: Know? I had a, to your point, what you just said, so about oh, building a product that people love. I mean, I had a really interesting, like, uh, moment in a meeting the other day. So uh, I went into uh, LinkedIn to deliver, like, one part of a workshop, for a very big brand which I probably can't mention to be fair about yeah. how they were targeting SMEs and they were trying to sell a I can't remember what it was it was like um, a technology product basically for accounting or something along those lines for SMEs yeah. and uh, I was brought in as a live, living breathing SME person that they could probably mm-hmm. sell to to tell my story and yeah. explain who I am and all the rest of it and it was fascinating because this business has is, is huge scale I mean it's a massive it's one of the biggest global companies in the world and I kind of opened it and I was like, I am a living, breathing version of your target customer profile. Like, I am an Mm. entrepreneur, I've started my own business, I fit all the kind of things you've talked about, Um, and I'm not just a number kind of thing and that to them really opened their eyes because in big business we've all worked in those sort of environments to remember who the customer actually is and what they look like and that they aren't actually like an impression
0: or a click they are an individual human being
1: so like if you can build products that customers genuinely speaking will love you can have an open dialogue with them things like intercom is amazing because you Mm. can have direct chats with people that is how you build something that is going to be successful, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And our product designers like love that so yep. much. You know, we've done we've just done this whole revamp of our customer personas. Oh, good. They're all over our office. Yep. You know, the, the product designers get um, you know, quite They're stressed excited. if they haven't been out and met real life customers, yeah. which, is, which is amazing. That's what you want, yeah. And they come back and, you know, circulate their findings from those sessions and mm-hmm. it really does root it.
1: Suddenly, you know. they know what they can go and do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than being stuck behind a screen designing something, thinking, yeah. "I hope this is right." Yeah, yeah.
0: well, yeah. I hope that massive business learnt that, like you know, learnt something on that. Oh, I think they did. Think, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's interesting how that can get lost along the way because.
0: Well, it's, they're so far removed, so you can't. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, my last question, Alex, mm. is what is the one... I mean, look, this is almost seems a bit irrelevant now because you've g- right. actually inadvertently given so much advice as you've mm, been no talking, problem. but what is the one bit of advice that you would give to somebody who is looking to set up their own business?
1: Uh, the one bit of advice I would give, if I was really... To give one key bit of advice would be to find someone that you know, trust, and is as close to a personal connection as you can find who has done exactly or is close to exactly what you want to do before. Mm. And um, be really, really like meticulous about that. So for example, I've had a lot of people mentor me over the years. Have I had someone who's mentored me in a B2B SaaS business who's had a free trial and exactly what I think our business model is? I mean, you won't always know that at the start, but like, no, no is the answer yeah. to that question. Recently, yes, but like less so at the start. Now, that is very difficult to obviously go and say, right, I know I'm going to create this company, go and find someone because it it it's evolves. not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that is the number one bit of advice because basically people, who can te- people who've can people who been through stuff before can give you so many shortcuts. Mm. And it will never be perfect. I mean, the other thing is, is like if you're going to do it, there's no perfect time. I remember being 22, I guess, before starting Content Cowboy SDP. And... Uh, you read all these books and all the rest of it, and it's just like, oh, when do I start my own business? Yeah. I've got a job. How, how do I make money? Yada, yada. There is no perfect time. Yeah. And when I read this book that really hammered that message home, and they were like, you just have to do it, and it will happen. And although that sounds completely ridiculous, like, it kind of does. Yeah. Anyone I've ever like given advice to at the early stage, when I just say, look, put yourself out there, you will be amazed how many people want to help you, and you'll be amazed how quickly as you can start making yeah. money. Because you would have to make money to live... Or create the business or whatever. Yeah, of course. So, like, just if you're gonna do it, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't look back. Uh.
0: (laughs) I think that's such a good piece of advice because you can say it can stay in your head for so long. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing to end on with, with your point about how many people are willing to help. Because I've ever since, because I've I've never worked in a big corporate um, before. Mm. Ever since I've left university, I've been in tech.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And actually, one thing that I love so much about this industry, yeah. and even just doing this podcast, yeah, yeah. is just how willing people are to it's give their time. Yeah, and I don't know. Obviously, I can't speak for other industries. But when mm-hmm. I speak to my friends about it, or I speak to you know family members about it, or like our colleagues and things like that, it's just it's unreal.
1: It is unreal. I mean the 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 way the way I can like. My own version of that is when I was at Sky and you're in the Sky machine, for example, like you are all playing a game about whatever it is at Sky, whether it's the political yeah. game. What's your next promotion? When's your next pay rise? How do I get this job yeah, done? Yeah, the
0: bands and all that. All yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. But even just getting projects done, like who do I need to speak to? Who needs to be on site? So you're all in this machine. And that that is the same at most companies. And that's completely normal. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And that's just how companies work, like as a little engine. When you suddenly say, I'm going to set up a business... And I I told a few people at Sky, like, even then people were suddenly like, right, I know a few people that can help you do this. And I was like, this is weird. Because this person, you know, if I'd have said, oh, I want to run this new campaign, they would have gone, well, you need to go through this approval process, you need to see these people. So it would have been a bit of barriers. And then suddenly they were like, well, actually, Alex, my mate runs an agency, and why don't I set up a coffee for you? And then suddenly that just compounds to your point over time. And it is that that is just the best thing about it. So if you're going to do it, just do it. And like... And the ask world. For help
0: and ask those questions. Exactly.
1: Like the world is a good place. People are there to kind of give help and advice and, and actually expect nothing in return. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. Alex, you're a total legend. Thank, Thank you, you, you so much for being uh, on Headbox Connect. No problem. Speak soon. Thank you again, Alex, for being part of this series of Headbox Connect. Uh, I loved chatting with you and also really loved how honest he was about the journey that he's been on with Content Cal and also the pressures. Faced by younger founders in particular i thought that was a really interesting uh, perspective that he had on on what that is really like i'm sure there are lots of budding entrepreneurs who benefited hugely from that episode and obviously a big thank you to our listeners we are going to be back very soon with another episode so please stay tuned we are recording in our new home the pitch room in runway east soho runway east is a co-working office space for startups to meet think and occasionally have a drink as well as soho they have sites in london bridge moorgate and bristol so if you would like to book out either this gorgeous studio in soho or any of their other awesome event spaces then please head over to headbox.com to check out their listings You've reached the end of another episode of Headbox Connect, and if you like what you've heard, then please subscribe and follow us on iTunes and Spotify.